0: You know it takes a lot of imagination actually for people to fly. I mean for them to go from the Wright brothers experiments to modern day flight to actually landing a man on the moon took belief and faith and all kinds of concepts and ideas about aerodynamics, things they couldn't see, things they would never tested. But it took more than just faith. It actually took some hard work, a lot of experimenting, a lot of failure pushing through very, very difficult situations to get to where we are to do the impossible and to fly. I think that's again what the story of Hebrews is about. It's about the idea that not only do you believe in what God can do, but you also have to believe in what God can do through you if you keep believing. Again, the context of Hebrews is written to people who are discouraged because things have become difficult, they've become hard. And the reason that Hebrews talks about faith is because the writer wants us to understand that we can look at the stories in our history of the faith of others and choose to believe and trust in God the way those people trusted and believed in God because God is the same for us as God is for them. But the writer of Hebrews doesn't stop there with the idea of faith. He pushes to another concept and another principle that he wants the people who are listening to understand. He reaches into this audience that's discouraged and he says, You've got to keep pushing through the difficult times. This is going to require a kind of zeal and a kind of perseverance if you're going to keep the faith that you need to keep. So the writer of Hebrews just gives this long list of characters, names that the audience recognizes as people who pushed through, who finished what they started who overcame difficult situations because he wanted them to understand the power of perseverance and why it was so important that they keep pushing ahead through the difficult obstacles. We simply define perseverance as refusing to give up when life gets hard. For a lot of these early Christians in the early church, life had become very, very difficult. There's a list of the things that basically Scripture records is happening to all of these people. And it's a very difficult situation. And the writer's just trying to lean into him and encourage them, in spite of all the stuff they're going through, to keep doing what they know they should do. And he reminds them, In week one we'll talk about this, that they're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And because they're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, the stories and the testimonies of all those people who've gone before them, they can have the courage and the strength to keep running a race, to keep pushing through the hard stuff, to get to the place where God has called them to be. It was just important for that early church to understand this this idea that they weren't alone, that there were people who had gone before them, and there were people presently around them that were going through the same kind of circumstances, and they could have the encouragement to know they could face this with other people side by side with them. This is just a very interesting text. I mean, the writer of Hebrews starts off in Hebrews 10 describing this issue that the church is going through. He talks about their faith. He anchors their faith to stories. Then he describes why it's important for them to persevere and push through and he's building to this illustration and this one story of all stories that ultimately gives them a clear picture of what it means to persevere. Because all of a sudden he turns everything around and he starts talking about Jesus. And he starts talking about the Son of God landing on this planet going through everything he went through for the sake of humanity and dying on a cross. So in week one, we're going to remind people, remember they're not alone. But in week two, we're going to remind people, remember what Jesus did. Because ultimately, he becomes the author and the finisher of our faith, according to Hebrews. He is the one that we can look to as the example of all examples, of someone who believed in God and God's plan and God's mission in such a way that he kept pushing through the most difficult, most impossible situations ever imaginable to do what he did. Why is the writer of Hebrews doing this? Why is he describing over and over again all of these stories so that we get a clear picture of what it means to believe and have faith in a God that keeps His promises? Why is he pushing us to really embrace this idea that not only should we believe in what God can do, but we should believe in what God can do in us? Because he's bringing us to this point where he wants to answer a question that a lot of us ask sometimes that we may not even realize we're asking. Isn't it true that the question we ask Whenever something bad happens, is why? I mean, isn't there something in you and something in me and something in everyone that, that you love and you care about? When things don't work out the way they've envisioned or dreamed they should work out, or when things get really difficult and hard, they start asking the question why is this happening? Well, maybe there's really not a great answer to that question. Maybe that's the wrong question. Maybe the real question is, in the middle of this, what is God up to in my life? What is God trying to do in me? And we need to shift from thinking about the why question to what is God up to? In this story of Hebrews, the writer does a very interesting thing here. He begins to talk about how God treats his children and how God is up to building something in your life and my life as a result of all of this pain and all of these circumstances that are happening. And he's leaning into this church just as he would lean into you and to me today and he's saying regardless of what is going on, regardless of how difficult it is, remember, God is your father. That means he treats you like a father would treat you. He's intimately involved in the details of your life. He will discipline you as a father. He's trying to build something in your life that he can only build in your life in the situations that don't work out sometimes the way you want them to work out. And then as we wrap up this month, the last week we want to talk about why perseverance is such an important virtue for your life because it has as much to do with those around you as it does you. In other words the reason you need to persevere is not simply because of what God is building in your life during the process but it's also because now your story is a story that will influence a lot of people who come along behind you. And the reason this whole chapter is written is to bookend this concept that there are stories that we can look to that encourage us and we actually become one of those stories where our story can encourage other people to have faith and to persevere that because of the impossibilities in our life and because God has shown up in our world over and over again there are other people in their impossible situations who can look to our faith look to our perseverance look to our courage and believe as well you see here's the important thing to remember if you're a parent or a leader and, and, I, and I just hope this is true for you regardless of what's around the next corner regardless of what difficulty you might encounter, someday, somebody will be telling your story. That's really what Hebrews is about. A writer leans in and tells an entire group of people the stories that give them encouragement and strength. And he also reminds them as he's speaking to them that one day, somebody will be telling their story. As a matter of fact, we're listening to their stories now and we're being encouraged by their stories. The same is true for you. The reason perseverance is such an important virtue is because the way you persevere one day will influence someone else to also keep believing and keep doing what they know is true and what is right. There are countless stories of people who have persevered, who have pushed through and have accomplished seemingly impossible things. As a matter of fact, if you understand that God is who He says He is. And if in your life you believe that not only can God do amazing things, but God can do amazing things through you, it will change your entire perspective at the way you look at the world and you look at life. That's why we want to leave you with this one passage that's our memory verse for this month. It's found in Isaiah. Isaiah forty thirty one, and here's what it says. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The truth is, we all have the ability to experience things that we would have never experienced if we didn't push through the difficult times. When you get to the other side, you'll see something that you would have never seen before if you believe in what God can do and what God can do in you.